Hey, welcome back to Let's Talk About It with Jackie and Megan. Where we like to talk about things that are messy, awkward, hard, or controversial and create a space for healing. How do you find the courage to leave a relationship you know is wrong and step out in faith that God has something better planned? We're so grateful to talk to Maria Gary today about her experience ending a long-term relationship. Maria Gary is the founder of Running Myself Together, a ministry dedicated to bringing Christ's life to women through running and mental health awareness. She is a cradle Catholic who discovered her work in Christ while working through her eating disorder recovery, and she now writes, speaks, is a run coach, and leads pilgrimages to help women understand who they are as daughters of God and eradicate the stigma around mental health in the church. We hope you enjoy this episode. Today we're talking with Marie, speaking of her being married, um, it's just like, well, the focus more is being in the wrong relationship and having the courage to step out of that relationship in trust, trusting in God. And um, as we'll learn that Marie has, Maria has a really cool story because we'll let her tell you, but um, before we'll just start with, um, just tell us our audience a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you're from, whatever you want to share. Absolutely. So my name is Maria Gary. My maiden name is Abby. Um, And just a funny little story on my life. I couldn't wait to get married because I wanted a last name that wasn't also a first name. And then I married my husband who also has a last name as a first name. So it's just God, you know, continuing to humble me, which is what I need. Um, But I'm Maria Gary and I for a long time struggled with an eating disorder, anxiety, and depression. And as I worked through that in therapy, I started running and I found that running was an, was an amazing outlet for me as I was going through that healing process. So once I started to recover from those things, um, I wanted to share my journey with running and mental health. And so I started writing a blog back in 2014 called Running Myself Together. And it has since grown into what I like to call a ministry. You know, I'm, I'm not here to you know, make a ton of money or anything like that. I just want to bring the love of Christ and my love of running and, and working out and mental health to other women, because I think it's so important for us to talk about, and we have to look at it from a mind, body, soul perspective. So um, on on the internet, on social media, I talk a lot about those things, and then I'm also a certified run coach and personal trainer, so I work to help women um, instill those practices within their lives and look at it from a holistic standpoint. That's how I first discovered you was, I don't know, a long time ago. I think I might have still been living in Steubenville. Like I just, I don't know, right after I graduated college. So some years ago and it was, I was struggling with anxiety and eating. And so that's kind of how I discovered you. So it's really cool just to have like kept in touch over that time and seen where life has taken us. Um, but yeah. yeah, I definitely encourage our audience to, we'll leave all the links below, but check out all of Marie's resources and her coaching. Um, I love the, like yeah. the focus on mind, body health. Cause that's yeah. something we've talked about on this podcast before yeah. too, just like how our mental health and our physical health and our spiritual health are like so interconnected. And if one is mm-hmm. suffering, like the rest tend to suffer as well. So I love that you found healing in like an exercise, but it also helped your like mental health. It helped your like physical struggles as well. Um, so yeah, I think that's so beautiful and what a wonderful ministry because so many other women are struggling in that way as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I always go back to scripture when I think about it, you know, we are temples, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. So we, but we're also mind, body, and soul. So we have to take care of all of those things. And Christ even calls us to take every thought captive to Christ. So we need to make sure that our thoughts are, are, um, that, that we're, that we're taking care of our minds so that we can take care of our thoughts. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, Jumping into jumping into the interview, uh, we want to talk about. So I know some of your story, and you also you kind of wrote you wrote a blog post on this, which is how I first um, I encountered your story, and I just thought it was such a beautiful story of God's providence and trusting in God and not really seeing what God's doing um, and not really understanding, and then kind of seeing along the way like that God was there working all along, which is so much of the story of so many of our lives. Um, but it's just so beautifully illustrated in your mm-hmm. story that you can see actually like play out right in front of you, which is really cool. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know where you want to start with your story, maybe about like the past relationship that you were in um, and whatever detail that you want to share. Yeah, absolutely. So it's so funny when I started writing my blog all those years ago, I never thought I'd talk about like my dating life ever, (laughs) but God had different plans. And like you said, he, he wrote this story. I had the only part I had in it was, uh, thinking that I had control over my life and he kept telling me I didn't. So um, I I should start though with highlighting that I I did have a pretty deep reconversion. So I was born and raised Catholic. I always only went to Catholic school, Catholic, uh, Catholic college as well. Um, But then in my early twenties and, and through my mid twenties, I kind of, I I don't want to say I fell away. I was always Catholic. I still went to mass but I wasn't living um, a devout Christian life. And so um, in 2017, I went on a pilgrimage to uh, Spain and Portugal, Our Lady of Fatima, and had this deep reconversion and let go of a lot of the, the woundedness that I was carrying, a lot of the sin that I was carrying. And so that profoundly changed my life. And when that happened, I started talking more and more about my faith publicly and how much God preserved me from, from the way that I was living before and called me out of that. So it was a deep and profound reconversion. And after that, um, I, I shifted, I shifted my, pers- my perspective in, in terms of the men that I wanted to date. So um, I, I met this, this guy and he was, he was great and he was wonderful. I was in this reconversion stage, so I was becoming deeply passionate about my faith again. Um, and he was not Catholic, he was Protestant, but had it has a deep love for Jesus. And so that really drew me to him. Um, and we hit it off and we started dating and it was great. Um, and before I jump into the story, I do want to say that I do want to highlight that I'm my goal is to be as charitable as possible and not to, to slander or talk negatively. Yes, things happen that were hard for me to deal with, but the point of this story is how God pulled me out of something to, to catapult me into something so much more beautiful and to remind me constantly that I don't have control. And so I just want to highlight that to make sure that, you know, this conversation stays that way because um, I never want to tell this story from a, you know, a slanderous point of view. All that to say, um, we started dating and it was going well, but, you know, I was becoming, when I say like deep diving into my faith, I'm reading the church fathers, I'm reading all of this theology because I I want to know more and I'm becoming more and more passionate about it. Um, And he was passionate about his own faith. And I found that beautiful as well. But you can imagine, you know, even though we both believe in Jesus and um, we're both Christian, we still butted heads about theology. And so that was always that was always a point of contention, especially when it came to marriage and how we wanted to raise kids, because we're in our, our late 20s at this point and thinking about marriage, because at that, I mean, at that stage of life, especially when you're dating, that should be what you're looking, looking towards. And so we were, and we were talking about that. Um, but we always, we always butted heads about, about the religion thing. Um, but we did our best to try to understand from each other and try to learn. And he would come to mass with me and I would go to his church service with him. And so most Sundays we're doing double, double church (laughs) to really try to make it work. And, and I do think that's beautiful because it helped me see um, that, I mean, it helped me break a little bit out of that Catholic bubble that, you know, if you're raised Catholic, you can be brought up in and see that there are deep, deep faithful Christians that um, are of and of other denominations. And I, I really valued the way that they looked at that, the way that they implemented, um, especially memorizing scripture into their lives. And so I, I really appreciated that. And it, it, it also made me have a profound and deep love for scripture. And so uh, that, you know, there were beautiful things that came out of that. 
Um, so we were doing the double, the double church thing and really trying to understand while also talking about marriage and how we would navigate that. So we get to about a year and a half into our relationship and, um, I was starting to put pressure on, you know, my friends are getting married, they're getting engaged. Some of them are starting to have kids and I'm like, okay, we've been dating a year and a half. Like what's happening here? And, um, (laughs) we talked about looking at engagement rings and then that day, later that day, um, I get a knock on my door and it's him and we, he sits me down and he says, I just can't do this. I can't do this whole, you know, two different faith thing. Um, and so, and he said he couldn't raise his children Catholic, which was something that was very important to me. And so I was devastated, absolutely devastated. Um, when you think that when you have your life planned out and you're working towards something and you're trying so hard to make it happen, and then it catapults you and hits you right in the face and you're not prepared, um, it is a whole other level of pain. And so that happened to me in that moment. And so we broke up for a little bit. Long story short, we ended up getting back together. And we actually went through RCIA, which is a program through the Catholic Church for people who are either wanting to learn more about the faith or it's the process if you are entering into the church. So we went through that together because we wanted to learn. I'm like, okay, this is great. We're starting to come back together. We're starting to learn more. It's been really hard. I know people are judging me because they think I shouldn't be doing this at all and I'm wasting my time. But it was a, it was a beautiful process for me personally because, again, now every Monday I'm sitting in those classes and I'm learning more and more about my faith. But I should say that throughout all of this, I never felt peace once. Not once. I was always anxious. I was always wondering, does he really like me? Is he going to break up with me again? Is this the right thing? Do I really want this? And so I highlight that um, because if if there's another woman or man listening to this who might be in a similar situation and you're constantly having that nagging feeling of anxiety, it might be an indication. It might be the Lord pulling you a certain way. But I ignored it. I just kept going. <laughs> I was like, whatever, it's going to be fine. And so we go through our CIA, 2020 hits. And okay, we're, we're about to wrap up our CIA. What's, what's the deal now? We're, we're going into our third year of dating. And I'm about to hit 30 the next year. So of course, you know, there's that, that number looming over you. And he tells me we're getting engaged this year. I'm like, okay. This is at the beginning of the year. Good. Awesome. COVID hits. So things get a little wonky for everybody. Um, But he's still telling me we're going to get engaged this year. We're going to get engaged this year. Okay. Awesome. But I'm still feeling that nagging feeling of anxiety, like something isn't right here. We're still having fights about religion and our differences, or we're not addressing it at all and sweeping it under the rug and trying to make everything thing work. Um, it gets to be July and we go and look at engagement rings and um, I find the one that I love and I'm, I'm super excited, but I wasn't that excited because I had asked him if we could. So I knew this whole time, I knew this anxiety was pushing me to uh, create a, a scene and a scenario that I wanted to happen. Nonetheless, we look at engagement rings, we go on our merry way. The next month, he asks my dad for my hand in marriage. Um, And so I'm, you know, getting excited. But again, I want to highlight, I was still feeling super anxious, but I was pushing it aside. And I keep asking him over and over again, are we getting engaged this year? Yes. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Um, And so it gets towards the end of the year and nothing has happened, and I'm getting more and more anxious. And, um, but, I, but I still trusted him. I said, he says we're getting engaged this year. It must just be my anxiety. It must just be me. I'm praying many, many prayers. God, show me the way. Give me an understanding. Help me to see. And I felt like I wasn't hearing anything. And so I should backtrack a little bit to say, when about a year and a half, maybe two years into our relationship, um, I prayed a novena to St. Therese. And 
I had, I, I didn't have a, a strong devotion to St. Therese. Um, and for those who aren't Catholic, um, St. Therese is often associated with flowers. So a lot of people will pray novena or they'll have a devotion to her and then flowers will just appear. And so I had heard all of that and I was like, okay, St. Therese, <laughs> I need an answer here. I need to know if this is the right person for me. So if it is, can you send me a red, can you send me a white flower? White will mean this is the right person. We're good to go. Um, and the reason why I said that is because white roses specifically is what I had asked for. White roses, they're a little more rare. You don't see them as often as opposed to a red rose. So I was like, St. Therese, if he is not the one for me, can you send me a red rose? This is not how you approach novenas for the by for the record here. So <laughs> don't do what I did. But I but I said that to her devoutly prayed prayed the novena. And I was like, okay, all right, looking out for for the flowers, like the right way to go, the, what she's going to send me. I got nothing, not even a carnation, no flower whatsoever. So I was like, all right, well, okay, I'm still trusting in the Lord. That doesn't mean anything. I'm gonna go forward. I, I probably shouldn't have even have done that anyways. That's not how things work, but whatever. I'm moving forward. Um, so fast forward now back to the end of 2020, the year that I thought I was going to get engaged. It gets to be December and still nothing, but I'm still being told I'm getting engaged. And then it gets to be December 31st. I'm like, okay, today's the day. It must be like a New Year's Eve engagement. I can't wait. So I get my hair done. I get my nails done. I get all ready. And, um, I get a phone call from him. I had not heard from him all day and I didn't want to be that nagging girlfriend that, that tried to, um, you know, you know, plan everything out. I was like, let him plan it. Like he said, we're getting engaged and now it's going to happen. So he calls me and, um, I ask him, you know, how are you? What do you want to do today? And he says, I don't know. What do you want to do today? And I said, what do you mean? What do I want to do today? And he said, you know what? I have to tell you something. I'm really sorry, but there isn't going to be an engagement today. And I was like, okay, why? Uh, did something happen with the ring? You know, it was COVID. It was a weird time. And he's like, no, I just never got around to it. And so I was crushed because I had spent that whole entire year just waiting and praying and hoping and asking God for a sign and, and trying to fit this relationship into something that I thought that it should be. And so in that moment, I broke up with him. I said, we, I can't do this anymore. You know, this whole entire year, you had told me this and, and I believed you and I had held out hope for that. Um, and I was like, and this must be my sign, you know? So, so I was done and I, I ended it. Um, and then of course, when you go through a breakup like that, I had spent three years. I had devoted so much time. I'd gone through RCA. I had done all these things to try to make it work, and it didn't. And so I grieved, um, not so much him, but more so what I thought that I, I was going to have, the life that I thought that I was going to have. I had mentally pictured when we were going to get married, where, where we were going to get married, all of that. So I was grieving this whole life that I thought I was going to have. And so... I'm reeling from that, and about three weeks later, I had a friend reach out to me. Um, this was a friend I had gone to, to college with, and she and I had stayed in touch over the years, and she said to me, hey, because I, I think I had reached out to her. I had told her that I had broken up with, um, with that boyfriend, and, and a few days later, she reached back out to me. She's like, hey, so I don't know if you're ready for this yet, but I have a guy that I'd like for you uh, that I think that you would be good for you. Would you be interested in meeting him? He's like a good Catholic guy. And at that point, you know, you're like, nothing ever works out for me. Doesn't nothing matters. Um, you know, you're in that wallowing stage. And so I said, yeah, actually, sure. Why not? Let's see where this goes. And um, she's like, okay, just one quick thing. He is my future husband because she was engaged. My future husband's brother. I was like, okay, that sounds interesting. So um, he introduces me to this guy. At this time, I'm living in Charlotte, North Carolina. He's in Jacksonville, Florida, so it's long distance. And we talk on the phone. And, 
you know, we hit it off. But of course, I'm still reeling from everything that just happened. And so we continue to build a relationship, slow and steady over the next couple of few months, actually. And then we finally decide to, to meet in Charleston, South Carolina. And um, it, it was a beautiful time. And then from there, the Lord just started healing my heart and, and really opening me up to the possibility of loving again, even though it happened so quickly, but it was a grace. Um, and I just fell deeply in love with this guy so much so that that October, I moved down to Jacksonville, Florida. The next month, we get engaged. And then six months later, on the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, we get married. So, so not even a year later, I had already gotten engaged to somebody else. And some people would look at that and say, you didn't, you didn't have enough time to grieve. You didn't do this. You didn't do that. Um, but the difference was, and Jackie, you and I have talked about this. The difference was I felt so much peace. I had that peace in my heart that this was actually the right person for me, which helped accelerate the grieving and the healing process from what I had gone through. And, was, and it showed me the exact right thing that I needed. I had that contrast of what I had just gone through and was able to more clearly see what I deserved and that was right in front of me. The beautiful part of this long, long story is um, so that novena I prayed, I forgot about it. I didn't tell anybody about it. I was kind of embarrassed that I'd even done that. (laughs) But here I am. Um, The day after we get engaged, super excited, you know, just staring at my ring all the time. Um, I'm sitting at my computer and I get a knock on my door and I open the door and a man is standing there with a bouquet of white roses. After all of that, that worrying, the Lord's providence was like, yep, here you go. This is your, I don't want to say sign, but here's your sign that um, I am faithful. I am guiding you. I am bringing you to, to where it is that I need you to be. And so I just chuckled to myself and um, just relished in that moment of, of God's providence. And so I share all of that because... It was a long journey, but I, but I also know that feeling of being in a, in a long-term relationship, not knowing where it's going to go, but having the faith and the trust that it, it, might, be a, it might be the right thing to leave and that there's so much more and there's so much better that's just right around the corner. Thank you so much for sharing your yeah. story. Um, and I think a lot of people out there, women and men, can relate to being in a relationship with someone where maybe you don't feel peace or you maybe feel like just small nudges of the Holy Spirit, but because you're investing so much hope and so much time and you really like are envisioning that future and working towards a future with that person, it can be really terrifying to consider like, should this just end? You know, like that's not a small Mm -hmm. thing. And I love that you're, you just, the comparison between like not having this peace and then in the next relationship, not only peace, but also confirmation from the Lord Mm -hmm. that this is where you're supposed to be just the, the stark difference there. But for someone listening, um, how do you find that courage? Cause it really is courage to recognize like, this is not a relationship that is going to be good and it does need to come to an end, even though I've invested a lot of you know, hope, a lot of time, and you went to RCIA, like, not to mention just the years, you know, how do you take that step to be like, I know this is the right thing to do, even though it's hard? That's such a great question, because I'm sure there's not a, a blank, blanket answer. And, and I, I didn't know that I was about to make that choice either. He kind of made it for me, you know, because I had spent all year long waiting for this and being told that it was going to happen. And then it didn't. I was telling this to Jackie yesterday, but um, it was almost like because that happened, that, that cataclysmic moment happened, I couldn't even think if I, if I stayed with him, what would that even look like? Would I even trust him again? So it was all of those thoughts all at once that, that made me say, I'm, I'm done. And, and maybe 
um, maybe, you know, in the moment, you know, when you do something compulsively, it was like, okay, I'm done. Like, I just can't do this anymore. It was one of those moments, but then it's the follow through of that too. It's the, I could have easily gone back. I could have easily said, you know what, actually let's work on it. And then in a, whoever knows how many months long, year long relationship I'd be in still before getting engaged. Um, So it was the follow through of continuing to to stand firm in my decision, uh, continuing to pray through it and continuing to have that uh, acknowledgement of self-worth with what I with what I deserve, but also what I want for for my life too. I think a lot of people, um, you know, in relationships that that may not be right, and and I'm not speaking for everybody. I'm speaking solely from from my one experience. But um, you put so much on the other person to make it happen without recognizing that you also have the power and control to to leave. And so I think for me, it was a lot of prayer throughout that year that helped me to discern what exactly I want and then meaning someone that would take action. And then when it didn't happen, that was like my, con- that was like my confirmation that it wasn't the right thing. Yeah. It's like you, throughout the relationship, you had been praying like for God's will. And it's like in that moment of him not having the ring, mm-hmm. not proposing. It's almost like God was kind of showing you. And because you mm-hmm. had prepared your heart and you've been praying like for God's will throughout that relationship, you had the courage to step out of that. And then afterwards, you know, like continue to, because you very easily could have yeah. been like, well, I invested three years of my life into this relationship. Like I know a lot of people during a long-term relationship, they're like, it'll be even more time to step out of this relationship to start, start over. over. Like, the feeling like, you know, recently going through experience of like, oh my gosh, I have to start over. And it's easier to just mm-hmm. run back to what you know, to run back to what's mm-hmm. in the kind of like comfortable and just like, okay, well, like I, I can't do that. I can't start all over again. But having that confidence in God, like he's showing you like, this is not my will. This is not for you. And just like stepping out into the unknown. Like, okay, God, like mm-hmm. I'm going to trust you then, even though I'm grieving. Like you said, you have to grieve a relationship that's that long, even how, no matter how long it was, like mm-hmm. you touched on, like you pictured your entire future with this person. It's like not only grieving the past three years, but grieving like your entire, like what you pictured your future as, because you have nothing, like you don't know what it's going to be. Um, mm-hmm. But just having mm-hmm. that confidence and stepping out into that, um, I think it's going to be really inspirational because I know like myself, I know many others that have like been in that situation. Yeah. Um, and it's really scary. <laughs> um, oh yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I don't know if you have any more thoughts on that. Just that fear and that grieving of something. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love what you said about you think, you think that if you leave a relationship that you've been in for a long time, that you're, that it's going to take even longer to, to meet that person and get to that next step or that next stage. And who knows what God has in store. Um, but sometimes it could just stall the process. You know what I mean? Like it could just stall if staying in a relationship that's not right. just because you've been in it for a long time. It could just stall the process of getting to where God is calling you to go. And sometimes he gently nudges you. And sometimes he literally pushes you so out of that relationship so fast and it's it's like you were saying it's the the praying for God's will is the ultimate goal for a long time I prayed that that person would become my husband and become all the things that I wanted him to be which is unfair to him because he's his own person created in the image and likeness of God but then it was when I shifted my prayer to okay clearly I have no control over this person uh, what is your will? Show me your will. Yeah. I think it's one of the hardest prayers to, to like in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So if you're maybe in that situation and it's like mm-hmm. unclear to kind of, and I know I've been in that place where you just pray like, God, your will be done. Like if this yeah. isn't for me, God, like show me. And like for you, God really did in a very like <laughs> smack in the face way. God was like, Hey, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. I, I also, yeah, I want to like touch on and kind of hear your thoughts of like, you can also look back at a relationship and be like, I wasted three mm-hmm. years of my life and just feel like 
all of this regret. Um, oh, Megan has a baby, so she's going to go check on her. So just like feeling like, oh, I wasted three years of my life. Yeah. Uh, and kind of like just the process of kind of like giving that to God and just knowing that God can redeem any amount of time and just like, no, mm-hmm. that's not a waste. And I can just, you know, step out into that, into confidence now into what God has for me. I don't know if you have any mm-hmm. thoughts on like that feeling of, oh, I just wasted three years. What do I do now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's funny you bring that up because that was literally my next thought after you said yeah. that. I don't regret a thing. I really don't um, because it's so paved the way for where I am now. First of all, it was not a terrible relationship. He was not abusive. He was not any, like he was so gentle. He was so kind. He had a deep faith life. So it wasn't a bad relationship. It taught me so much about me, about my own faith and about what I desire in a man. And so even though it was a long road and there were some really tough points um, and it left me feeling very confused and unsure afterwards, it was very evident that the Lord had me go on that journey to pave the way for my husband, because then I could totally appreciate everything that my husband is. Goes through on what he's going to say. He is, he takes, he's very like, over-the-top loving in his words and his expressions and things like that and takes me on, on beautiful dates and just is always loving and affectionate. And I think had I not gone through that three-year journey, I wouldn't have appreciated it. I would have, you used the word yesterday, like love bombing. I probably would have felt that way. Like, oh my gosh, this is too much. Right. <laughs> but I don't, I, I don't at all. And, um, I think I had to go through that three year journey to now appreciate what, what God had for me. And on the flip side of that, God was preparing my husband too. Like my husband was going through stuff too, that he needed to, to um, go through in order for the both of us to be ready for the sacrament of marriage. Right. And I think um, as you're just talking, like how much God convicted you in your own faith and in your own beliefs and that you like, we're not going to sacrifice that for someone. Cause you could have very easily, you know, the first time I, you know, in your story, when he came to you and was like, listen, I can't raise kids Catholic. Like we're going to have to break up. You could have been like, okay, fine. Like we don't have to, you, you know, I know yeah. there's plenty of people that they make those kinds of compromises on their beliefs and um, like not judging that's right for them. But you knew that for you, like mm-hmm. that was not mm-hmm. what you were going to do. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's just so cool to see in your story. Cause I know for a lot of people, like they might not see that immediate, like, I don't want to say payoff, but like for mm-hmm. most people, you know, like they're not going to meet their future husband, like three weeks later after a breakup or, but yeah. it's so cool to see your story. Just like that God, even if that's not what happens, like God is using all of this in his timing and in his divine providence like he can use all of that to prepare you for whatever it is that he has next for mm-hmm. you you had a reversion on the feast of our lady of fatima and then you get married on the feast of our lady of fatima <laughs> that was something that like in your previous relationship like maybe wouldn't have been as appreciated because he didn't share i mean he didn't share your catholic faith so yeah yeah, yeah it's just it's cool to see how god yeah. like we think we know what we want and god's like no i have so mm-hmm. much better but you just have to trust me and that's so hard to do <laughs> so hard and and you're so right in saying the three-week thing people thought I was crazy and I got very concerned about what people were thinking about me um so that actually did cause me a lot of anxiety and Mm -hmm. then finally I was like I gotta let this go because I'm gonna sabotage something that's really good something that that I feel peace about because I'm so concerned about what other people think about me um yeah which is just, that's a whole other discussion. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, but it's right because it might not happen that quick for everybody. Um, and I want to highlight that uh, it wasn't like I met my future husband and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the one, this is it. Right. You know, it wasn't like that immediate, like I know right away, I still had to grieve. Um, the difference was my future husband at the time was 
like helping me through that process. And I saw his selflessness as I was going through that. Um, and it just showed me like, okay, wow, this guy is not just, this guy is just trying to be there for me. Uh, and, and, and that was really helpful. So I don't want to paint it as like, oh my gosh, and I met my husband and everything was perfect and fine. There were a lot of bumps to get to where we are now for sure. Right. Yeah. And more of like, if you, any advice for someone right now that is going through a breakup, um, no matter how long it was, cause it can be shorter or longer, but just like where you really mm-hmm. are grieving, especially if you picture a future with this person, um, mm-hmm. and just, yeah. Advice for moving through that grief and having hope and just like that healing process. Yeah. Um, give yourself a lot of grace. It's going to come in waves. And there's going to be days where you're sad. There's going to be days where you're angry. There's going to be days where you want to run back. There's going to be days where you want to, I don't know, just run away. Um, and feel those, feel those emotions, feel those feelings, talk to trusted friends who will listen to you the million times that you call them. And then, and then, and then let it pass and then accept the next time something comes through um, and just understand that it's going to be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of waves. It's going to be like a roller coaster. Yeah. And then you're going to start learning and seeing, okay, I've, exp- I've felt this before. We're just going to ride it out. I might feel it again and that's okay. Kind of like accepting the things and the feelings that come through. Right. Um, it's easier said than done. But leaning on those friends, I mean, the number of friends that I sobbed to and cried into their shoulder and just like, I just remember distinctly one friend, I just had, like, my tears were all down the front of her shirt. Um, But just just knowing that that's part of a a grieving process and and being okay with that. I also think no, no contact is good. I didn't always adhere to that. And then that would reopen a lot of wounds. So no contact is also good, you know, unfollowing on social media, um, asking your friends not to tell you if they see anything, like just, just no contact is kind of like ripping off the bandaid. Um, and then a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer and asking for God's grace for healing, um, and accepting that it can take, it it could take a long time and, and that's okay too. And sorry, one more thing you can move forward with your life at the same time as you grieve. You can, you can, when you feel ready, start dating again. You can, when you feel ready, travel. You can, when you feel ready, go do girls nights or whatever it is. Um, You can move forward and simultaneously grieve and feel sad and angry. You can do both. Right. That's all like such beautiful advice. Um, yeah, I think that's the exact advice that I would give as someone that, you know, has gone through that and was moving through that myself. Um, mm-hmm. I think like the best piece of advice that I've gotten about going through grief and like mourning something that like a future that didn't pan out is that it is going to be really difficult <laughs> and you have to like mm-hmm. give yourself a lot of grace that like it will be painful and it will be hard and like just letting mm-hmm. those waves hit because I think we can feel like, oh, this wasn't the right thing because I'm just in so much pain and I'm just grieving so much. It's like, that is just grief. And I think that I've had to give myself like so much grief and just let the waves hit, like, cause they will come and then they will pass and then they will come again. (laughs) And then it's not Mm -hmm. linear, you know, like there could be a Mm -hmm. week or a day that you're feeling better, or maybe you're going through the process, like really angry one day or really like more accepting. And then the next day you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm just so sad. And you just need to like yeah. cry and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think like the only way through grief is to just kind of go through it um, and not to kind of mm-hmm. shove those emotions down, but just like, I think what you said, like finding the friends that can be there for you in that and walk with you through that. And then also just anchoring yourself in prayer. Um, and if you need to, like, if you don't already have a therapist, um, I know mm-hmm. it can feel like, oh, I just like went through a breakup, but especially if it was something like long-term, like I know that people told me similar feelings to like, as if someone had died <laughs> mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like, just thinking like how serious like that pain, you know, can really be. Um, 
to like yeah. talk to someone if you need to professionally. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. And I forgot to add that. I threw myself right back into therapy. I was like, I know that this is going to be hard. And like you said, you just sometimes need to talk it out and talk it out with someone who can help give you some like constructive tools in order to, to navigate it. But like you said, it is a deep grief. Um, it really is. And like, like you said, you're grieving what you thought you were going to have. And that's really tough. That's really tough. And I love what you said about um, the pain doesn't mean you made the wrong decision. And that just hit me because I was like, yeah, it could be so easy to say, oh, this is really hard and this hurts. Maybe I did the wrong thing. That's, that's really powerful. Yeah, especially, I mean, if it's a decision that was just made so obvious to you, it can be easier to kind of think that. But if maybe if you had to make that decision on your own, um, I do think that God, even amidst that pain, I think he does give this kind of piece of like, this was right. But that doesn't mean there's not going to be a lot of pain in it, um, which it's just hard to accept because we want to think like God's will is always painless. And, mm-hmm. and I, yeah, I can't speak to God's will or understanding the mystery of that, but sometimes, yeah, like getting to where he wants us to be, it's, there's going to be suffering. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I, we kind of touched on this, but like, if you have advice for women that maybe are in a relate women or men that are in the middle of a relationship where they just don't have that peace and just like words of encouragement of like stepping out of that, um, or even just the idea of like exploring, like, well, maybe I do need to end this relationship. Like any advice for someone that might be in that situation mm-hmm. right now? I really think that prayer of asking for God's will and for clarity in his will um, is really powerful and entrusting your own instinct too. Like I was saying, you know, you do have the power and the control. You do have power and control and you do have, you do deserve to be in a beautiful relationship. Um, and, and reminding yourself of that. Yeah. I think that it's so easy to forget that when we think that we want something so badly, even if it's not good for us. Right. Um, it's like, no, 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 no. I need to make this work. I need to make this work. And, and then we're talking about dating relationships. I'm not talking about when, once you're entered into marriage, I'm talking about dating relationships when you're trying to discern dating. Um, just reminding yourself, you do have deep desires that the Lord has placed on your heart. Um, and, and knowing that you don't have to, you don't have to sacrifice that, uh, just because you think you should be in a relationship for a certain period of time, or you should stay in one for a certain period of time. So, and I think the way to know that is again, um, praying for God's, God's will and his clarity to know his will. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think I touched on this. One of the hardest prayers is like, if this isn't your will, God, like take it away from me, make it very clear. Um, yeah. And I've seen, I've seen it go both ways where it's like, oh, it actually does work out. And there's like major shifts and like, God makes that clear. But then I've also seen it many ways where God's like, yeah, this isn't it. (laughs) And he makes it very clear. Yeah. 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 And I think, um, uh, another, another experience that I've had recently where this has come up again. And I, I just go back to like this stage of life and what I went through and try to pull from that. But, you know, when you try to have children or when you start trying to have children, you think you have all this control. Okay. We're going to try this month. We're going to get pregnant. We're going to have, you know, all these babies. Right. We, for our, for us, that hasn't been our experience. So it has thrown me into this place of, wow, I really have no control. And this idea that I had for my life and what my family looks like, uh, I have to surrender that too. And that's really hard. I have to say, God, your, your will be done, even if it means we don't have children. Like even just that prayer itself, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not saying that that is God's will or that's what will pan out for us. I don't know. But even getting to the point where you can surrender every single thing 
that you've always wanted and desired is so hard. But then there's that level of trust where you know he's going to take it and make it so much better than you could have ever, ever dreamed of. So even if you're not dating in your other stages of life, that constant surrender, which is so hard, bears so much fruit and so much of God's goodness. I think it's so great that you touched on that because that, I think we get to hyper hyper focus on our vocation when we're young, like sing, a single Christian women and that surrender, it never stops. Um, even when you get married, like things aren't perfect. Your spouse doesn't fix mm-hmm. you or complete you. And like, there's mm-hmm. going to be struggles in life and like building that muscle of surrender, even before you get married, like that will just throughout your entire life. Like we're constantly building that. I don't say muscles. I don't know where that came from, but muscle of surrender, but like mm-hmm. we have to tr- kind of like mm-hmm. really practice and like ask God for the grace and the mercy to like really learn how to surrender. And it's a constant like re-surrendering yourself to God. Yeah. And that doesn't end. Like that's going to be for the rest of your life after you have children. Like just think about all the struggles yep. of having children and um, mm-hmm. uh, watching them grow up and like surrendering their lives to God. Like there's just so much. So just like digging into whatever season of life that you're in and just like, yeah, just learning and asking God yeah. to use that to like, I really do have no control and it is best when I just surrender this to you. Um yeah. like grasping yeah. and trying to make things happen or like it just doesn't end well for us um uh, mm-hmm. and yeah just learning to surrender so I think it's really beautiful you brought that up like even after you know getting married like that never stops and that struggle and that needing to surrender to God yeah and I love the word that you used grasping because that's exactly what it feels like you're just like trying to like make all this stuff work and you're grasping after it uh But I was so naive in my dating years thinking, okay, then I get married, then we have kids, and everything just, like, unfolds the way that we think it should. And then it doesn't. And then what do you do? And so it's just, um, like you were saying, it never ends. That surrender never ends. But it simultaneously is such a beautiful thing because it, it makes that space for the Lord to come in and just, gosh, take over and make it so much more beautiful than you ever could imagine that it would be. Yeah. Yeah. I've had friends just tell me stories of like, maybe it's in the right after a breakup where they didn't expect, or like in the depths of like grief or like the worst thing happens in their lives. Like at the end of them, like grasping and trying to make something work. And it's like, in those moments, they're just like, okay, got it. Like brings them to this place where they have no other choice, but to surrender. (laughs) And that's where they find Mm -hmm. the most freedom. So it's like, I think a lot of times God uses these situations where you just realize you're like, wow, I just tried to make this work for how long? Or like, I really just don't have any control. And there's like a freedom Mm -hmm. in that of just giving it to God, even though it can be Mm -hmm. so, so painful. Um, And that just makes me think like so many of us, we feel like we're in this season of waiting and that can be, waiting to find you know the right um the right person to marry like waiting to find your future spouse waiting for that right job the vocation um waiting for children to come like waiting struggling through mm-hmm. infertility or mm-hmm. yeah just I don't know maybe your next baby like they were all in a season you know of waiting mm-hmm. just what is your advice for someone that is in that season of waiting and it, it can it can feel really really painful yeah um I did not come up with this. My cousin actually shared this with me the other day. Uh, but to look at seasons of waiting as seasons of training. And I thought that that was so good because, yeah, when we're, yeah, it's just such a beautiful reframe because it's like, no, no, God has the season here for a reason and he's training me for something. And I need to be in tune with that. I need to understand what it is that he's preparing me for and what I should be working on right now. And it reminds me of what a mentor used to say to me, like went back when, back when I was in my single years, use this time to build these holy habits because once you get married and once you have kids, you're not going to have that much time anymore. So build your holy habits. Now Um, go, you know, go, if you can go on girls trips, uh, go to adoration as much as you can go to daily mass as much as you can building your prayer routine in the morning. Um, so that's just an example of using that time in a season of waiting as a season of training. So I've been doing that. Okay, we're married and it's 
beautiful and wonderful. We don't have kids yet. So I have this extra time. What am I going to do? Oh, I have the luxury of spending more time in prayer in the morning. I have the luxury of being able to go to daily mass more often and using that as a time to, you know, train, like you were saying, that muscle, the constant training of those spiritual muscles. Um, And so looking at those seasons as seasons of training over as opposed to seasons of waiting. Yeah, I love that. Um, I once I heard, I think it's Jackie Angel, who she said, mm-hmm. if you are a miserable single person, you're probably going to be a miserable, miserable married person too, because like so much of life is just finding contentment with where you are and just like really leaning into the Lord. Because if you're expecting like, mm-hmm. when I get married, everything's going to be fixed. I'm going to be great. She's like, listen, I'm married to like mm-hmm. a wonderful man, the best of the best. And he still is not complete me and he's still not perfect. And like, there are struggles in life. And if you think that that's, what's going to fix things, it's not, or like maybe thinking, Oh, when I become a mom, mm-hmm. like this is going to be, it's like, you really have to learn to be content and happy, like where you are and like, what, what is God constantly like asking like, God, what are you doing in this season of waiting? Like I'm here for a reason. So I want to make the most of it. Like, yeah, I don't. And I I think like that can be really hard too, as someone that's, I mean, I guess I'm only 26 and was my seven, but like, you know, still single and like gone through relationships and still like, Oh, I'm not married. And it can be really hard to hear that. So like, I understand if you're listening to this, you're like, Oh, I'm like, no, I'm with you on it. I understand. Um, but I, I can look back at my life even now and think like, wow, God really did that. Or it was like the timing of me being in my first really serious relationship, even though it ended, like, I feel like I wouldn't have been ready for that anytime before I could have learned what mm-hmm. I learned. You know, like, I just feel like we will see, but it's kind of hard in the process of like trusting what God is doing. Um, mm. But just no season of life is wasted. And like, it can be really difficult and like bring those feelings to God when you're angry about waiting. Um, and just ask him mm-hmm. to show him, like, show you where he is and what he's doing. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that. And it's so true because when you do get married, everything isn't fixed. In fact, it's a constant daily dying to self. You know, you are not thinking about just yourself anymore. You're thinking about another human being. You're being more careful with your words, your everything. Um, and there's a lot of compromise. And so I, I, I love that perspective. I think that that's, that's so spot on and something to, for everyone, you know, to really cling on to of, of finding that, uh, that peace and joy in, in the present moment. Right. Well, yeah, Marie, I love your story. I think it's just so beautiful. Um, and I think, yeah, just the best part of looking at your story for me is just like, okay, my life can move forward. Like I do have a future. Like I think after grief, like you can, so it, I think maybe the worst feeling and it's like how to, the worst feel part of grief is like, okay, this future is gone that I saw. Like, how does my life even move forward? Like you can feel those waves of mm-hmm. like, my life is over. Like we, we recently um, interviewed someone a couple weeks ago who she's a young Christian girl that went through a divorce um, mm. and she like, it's just a very unhealthy relationship. And so she went through the whole divorce process and just like that feeling of sitting there, like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know how I can possibly move on from this moment or like get up from this couch and like live life. And she's like, and here I am like mm-hmm. nine months later, like life does go on. <laughs> um, yeah. so I think it's just beautiful to see like to someone that maybe is in that, that state or like feeling that way that like life will go on. And for our listeners, Megan had to go take care of her baby, but she's back. <laughs> so she's not asleep, but we're yeah, hoping she'll just you chill. Might see <laughs> Megan popping in and out, but that real life of motherhood. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, but yeah, we were just we we're wrapping up and just talking about uh just looking like pers- uh what was it? Persevering through a season of waiting. Mm-hmm. And then also just like having mm-hmm. hope for a future, even if you don't know what it's going to be. And it feels like your entire future was just ripped away from you. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. yeah. And one final thought that I've, that just keeps being put on my heart is um, when you're going through that with a breakup, it's so easy to be like, well, so many people have it so much harder than I do. Like I should be able to just get through this and be okay. And I think if you're in that stage and you're going through that and you're having those thoughts, reminding yourself that 
it's okay to feel what you're feeling and think that it's a big deal because it is, and it's hard and it's your experience and that experience is hard. Um, and I think when we, when we say, well, it could be worse, I could be doing this, it could be that, it can sometimes make that process longer because you're not, you're just not feeling your emotions. You're pushing them away and, and it's important to recognize that what you're going through is hard and it's okay to, to, to say that. Right. I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the only way to heal is unfortunately to feel all of those to go through it. Yeah. Um, I've brought this up before, but like the path of healing, um, if you ever listen to the podcast, the place we find ourselves. No, I don't think I have. You would love it. You would love it. Um, it's really? this Christian counselor. Okay. Yeah. This Christian counselor named Adam Young. And I know you've probably heard of Dr. Bob shoots the healing. Uh-huh. He talks yeah. about this podcast and yeah, it's a great podcast, okay. but um, I had someone on talking about the path of healing and how healing is along the same path that Jesus took when he died. So a lot of us, we want to like yeah. skip over the like being in the grave, great, like we want to skip over the good Friday and just hop right over to the, to Sunday. Yeah. Like healing is the shape yeah. of you where you have to dip down into that pain. Basically Jesus died and he went to hell mm-hmm. and we have mm-hmm. to descend into that, but like trusting that God will bring us back up out of that you into the resurrection into the Sunday. Um, yeah. and I've stuck, that stuck with me. There's through many different things I've had to heal from of just like, it's all a part of the process. Um, and it can yeah. really suck to say the least, especially yeah. in grief. Yeah. But just mm-hmm. knowing that Jesus is with you, like he descended into hell, he descended into the grave, but like that you will rise with him and that he will like restore you. Um, I think it's just a really beautiful way to look at it and kind of like what mm-hmm. you said, like you just have to feel it. Um, and to your mm-hmm. point of like validating that pain and yeah. hurt is like stepping into uncertainty, which mm-hmm. in this situation is like a huge uncertainty of like, I thought I know where my life was going and now I have no idea. It's complete uncertainty takes a mm-hmm. tremendous amount of faith and trust in the Lord and that's not a small thing, you know? And so regardless of the situation, like, yeah, someone's always going to have it worse, maybe like, you know, oh, yeah. at least my boyfriend didn't cheat on me or at least this or at least that yeah. doesn't actually really matter because yeah. in that moment, you're faced with complete and utter uncertainty, complete and utter mourning and grief for something that was taken from you regardless of how the circumstances got there, that pain is the same and that pain is real. Mm-hmm. 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 I love that. That's so, that's so, so true. And it's yeah. Recognizing that. Absolutely. And I think another thing is, especially when it comes to breakups, especially in your twenties, you're like, I'm running out of time. I'm running out of oh, time. Yes. And it's so hard not to feel that way because I felt it every single day. I'm running out of time. Your life doesn't end when you turn 30. My husband and I were in our 30s when we met and got married. So, and there are beautiful couples that I know they got married in their 40s and even later. And it's like, don't do the, don't do the age comparison. Just don't do it. Don't go there. You have plenty of time. It's all in God's time anyways. Yeah. And his plan for us is what we actually want because it's, it's, it's what's good for us. And so instead mm-hmm. of rushing yeah, into something exactly. because you're like, I'm running out of time. It's like, trust that the Lord's plan is yeah. the one that's better for you. And in the long run will bring you more joy than if you were to step into something you knew was wrong, right? just right. because I need to figure this out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I know I heard someone say, also Jackie Angel, which is funny that, <laughs> but she said like marriage can be, it's meant to be a forced taste of heaven, but it can also be a foretaste of hell if you marry the wrong person. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, mm-hmm. and we've seen countless situations where a woman like ends up having to go through a divorce annulment process. And like, you know, there's healing for that. There's be- like in that, but if you're in the place of not getting married yet and you're feeling all this anxiety, it's like, just take your time, yeah. like figure it out. There's no yeah. rush. And it's much yeah. better to like, follow what God has for you. Even if you don't know, like when you're going to get married, when you're going to be a mother, like that's a place that I'm in. And, but yeah, it's like entrusting yeah. that to God um, and knowing that his plan and is so much better and that you are a complete person without getting married mm-hmm. and that your life has worth mm-hmm. and beauty, even when you're not married, yeah. like there's so much good that God can do in your life. If you're not in your vocation, quote unquote, you know, mm-hmm. it's like God has a, mm-hmm. our vocation is to get to heaven and God has a way for that for all of us. Like no matter what state of yeah. life you're in. So 
Amen. I think that's a big pressure that, you know, Christian women really face and that's hard. We've yeah. all dealt with yeah. it, I think. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Uh, well, Marie, thank you so much for sharing your story. Yes. Um, I think one of the biggest things that's like helped me when I'm going through something like this is like looking at someone that also has gone through it and healed and like, okay, they can out on the other side. <laughs> I can do it. Um, and I think that's just so encouraging. Um, I think the only way, good way to maybe compare yourself is just to look at someone and be like, okay, I don't know what timeline it'll take me, but like they healed and like, it is possible mm-hmm. for me to heal. And yeah. because it can feel like you can't, and you never will. Cause you're just so in so much grief, but you can, and you will. And like, God has such good plans for us. Um, and it can be scary, but it's always worth it to like step out in confidence and trust in God. Yeah, I think that's why absolutely. the Bible gives us so many like stories and narratives right. of people, because it's like, if God did not abandon them, he will not abandon me. And so I think that's so beautiful of your story. God did not abandon Maria. Therefore God will not abandon you. 